0: Good morning as we begin a new series uh, through the first six psalms. The psalms are an important book. Many overlook it because uh, it, it seems maybe uh, that it, it, it comes from time to time. You dip your toe in it and you leave. You read a psalm a day and then you go on. But the psalms are very important because God wrote these psalms. He used his people These psalms speak to the emotions that we feel as a believer. God redeems our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our emotions. And they speak to the the fear that we read throughout the psalms, the the joy that we see, the, the stress. You see the psalmist cry out in many different emotions. And so it is there that we can find how our emotions match with the character of God. But also the psalms are about God himself. And so the Psalms are vital to us, and and each one of these songs or poems are what God has intended for us to know and be changed by. And we're starting here in Psalm 1, and when you start a mixtape, you want something that sets the mood. Well, Psalm 1 is that. It is, uh, many uh, commentators say, that is the key to the book. It sets the roadmap. It is the calling to set our affection on God, because if we find how we can be happy in God, then the rest of the Psalms make sense. So today, if you would, we're going to start in Psalm 1, and we're going to learn how can we be happy. Beginning in verse 1, it says this, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of wicked, or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners And the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to know how to be happy. And Lord, we know and admit that it cannot come from ourselves. And so as we come to your word, we pray that it would give us the guidance, the map, and the understanding that we might be happy, not in ourselves, but in you. We pray as we seek it that we know that we will find answers, and we know because it comes from you. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And there's nothing like starting a a road trip and beginning with your mixtape. And you want that first song to be something that that sets the mood for the trip. You want it to maybe be upbeat and and something that keeps your your hand on the wheel tapping a little bit or your toe tapping so it keeps you awake as you're driving. Well, this mixtape that you might make might begin with a myriad of different songs that are upbeat. Well, it made me think of a song that was released just a few years ago uh, by Pharrell, and the song is entitled, Happy. Now, I'm not going to clap or dance because uh, uh, I don't want to become a meme or a viral video, but this is the words. The words is, because I'm happy, clap along if you feel that happiness is the truth. Because I'm happy, clap along if you know what happiness is to you. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel that's what you want to do. Well, this song talks about happiness. When this came out, kids danced, even adults danced to it. But some of the important questions that this song answers or asks is, What is happiness? What is it to you? And the obvious question is, Can we achieve it? Well, there are four types of people who think about happiness and whether we can achieve it. There are some who think that happiness is natural, that this is just the way life is. is. Many times these are people who are younger and maybe have not experienced many difficult times in life, but they just assume everything in life is happy. Then on the opposite end, or the other corner, so to speak, uh, would be those who don't think that happiness is achievable. These are people who maybe overanalyze, overthink, or maybe think of all the different things of reasons why we can't be happy. But then there's a whole lot in the middle of people who go from one extreme to the other. Yes, we can be happy, and then some circumstance or or issue comes up that that drives us back into despair. And so there's like this ping-pong match of emotion from happiness to despair, and we go back and forth not knowing exactly how happiness is supposed to come to us. But then there are those who understand what the Bible teaches, that happiness is rooted in something bigger than ourselves, that it is achievable. And that is a sustainable in all things in life. When we root ourselves in God and his word, then we understand, we come to a place that we realize happiness is possible. And so maybe you're there today, you're tired of being on the roller coaster of happiness. Maybe you would like to be able to find a way to be happy in all things. Or maybe you don't think happiness is possible at all. Well, the Bible in Psalm 1, one tells us, That when we ground ourselves in God and ground ourselves in the Word, then we can find true, lasting happiness. So I want to look at four things this morning, four truths about happiness. First, if you're following along or writing notes, it is this. One, happiness is being fully satisfied. Happiness is being fully satisfied. Well, when we begin the psalm, we see how happy is the one. Well, uh, in your version, it might say how blessed is the one. Other, translate, other translations do it different. How fortunate is the one. What does this really mean, happy, um, for, um, happy, fortunate, or blessed? Well, there is a sense of this word means a happiness that is derived from satisfaction. It is an emotion that we feel when we are satisfied that comes into the heart of a believer that doesn't wane or doesn't go because we know that God has control of our lives. When we were children, we thought happiness comes from outside circumstances or or things. When we got the newest G.I. Joe or toy or whatever that came out. Happiness was here. We've got it. We've achieved it. This is going to make us happy until it breaks or the newness wears off. We think that happiness comes with the way the circumstance or the thing helps us feel. But happiness in the Bible is something is despite circumstances, and it's a satisfaction that comes from being planted in God and his word. See, a believer has this happiness that is innate in them that knowing no matter the circumstance, there is a happiness that we can have resting in God. It's sort of like a poker player who, even though that their cards that are, that are face up look grim, they have a happiness in store be, inside because they know what they have is better than what is showing. Or maybe it's like the character that is described in The Lord of the Rings. His character is cre- uh, exchanged or, or described in this way. When they looked at him, they said, In his face, he saw at first only lines of care and sorrow. Though as he looked, he perceived under all there was a great joy, a fountain of mirth enough to set a kingdom laughing were it to gush forth. You see, the Bible says that this is achievable for the believer, that the believer has a peace that passes all understanding, that there is, a, there is a joy down in our hearts, deep, deep down in our hearts. There is something of an emotion that comes that we know that no matter if our iPhone breaks or our health is fading or we're isolated and alone because of a pandemic, we know that happiness is sustainable and achievable and part of our character, not because of those things but because of God. Happiness is not based on stuff and circumstances. Instead, it's based on God. And if happiness is possible, then this is what most of us would ask. Well, if happiness is possible, then why do so few people seem to have it? Well, the answer keeps on going here because many people seek happiness wrongly. This is, leads us to number two. So if happiness is being satisfied, well, number two, happiness is being planted in God's word. Happiness is being planted in God's word. Verse one says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of wicked, or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Why not... Why does this psalm begin this way? Why doesn't it just begin saying, don't do this, don't be wicked, Uh, don't sin, don't scoff? Because the psalmist wants to give a comparison. It is where we find happiness is what we are influenced by. And he gives a comparison of things that we are influenced by that doesn't lead to happiness, and things that we are influenced by that does lead to happiness. The contrast he wants to see is that we must be influenced from one place or the other, but this one place leads to ruin. To make sure that we are not happy, we can be influenced by the world. Notice this progression. When we allow sin in the world to be the thing that influences us or the thing that we base our happiness on, look what happens. Uh, We walk in the advice of the wicked. We stand in the pathway of sinners. We sit in the company of mockers. Uh, What do we do when we go down the path of being influenced by sin? Well, we listen to the advice of sinners. We listen to what they might have to say for our life. And once we've listened to their advice... Sooner or later, then, we start to behave as sinners do. We we stand with them. We do what they do. We act as though they do. And then look at where we find ourselves, sitting among the scoffers, scoffers who detest God, who mock God. Sitting here in this Hebrew context communicates that you are now in their company and satisfied there. Think about this. If we want to be happy and we start down the road of sin and, and we start to listen to the advice of, of, of those who, who aren't of God or or who are who are not listening to God's word, then we start listening to their advice, that we behave, and then we're just there with them. And there it leads to ruin. Well, that certainly isn't the path to happiness. Instead, the psalmist contrasts this with someone who who can be happy when they delight in God's word. You see, the word, the person who is happy, delights in God, delights in his word that he has given. He finds his word to be interesting, illuminating, relevant, and it brings satisfaction. It brings these emotions of of being in love and affection for God's Word. Psalm 119, 14 through 16 says, I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your Word. Well, here in Psalm 1 and in Psalm 119, the question becomes, how do we? How do we delight in God's word? Well, many times we, we think of this as affection towards a spouse or affection towards a family member, something that if we know them, we want to know more about them, we study them, we want to please them. But maybe there's a de- another way that we think through this that when we delight in something, we give our whole lives and attention to it to where it begins to influence us. For example, I had a friend who uh, really likes to go bowling, and uh, they said, Meet me at the bowling alley and uh, we will do some bowling. Thaw. That's a great afternoon to spend or evening to spend. And so I, I go there, I get my rented shoes. Uh, I get my search around for holes that are big enough for my fingers and and are kind of we know how those kind of grimy bowls kind of feel like and so we know that they've been used by many different people and so I just get it and hey I'm just there to have fun throw the the ball down the alley and have a good time with friends but my friend shows up and they come out with these cases and they lay the case down and first they open it up to these these bowling shoes that are theirs and that are clean and they're nice and they're like they're they're like top drawer. They're they, it's it, it's the best technology. And then they open the other bag and it says beautifully perfectly weighted ball that that is designed and drilled specifically for their for their fingers and and they've studied it uh, they've studied. they've talked about this new release they they want to try that they've talked to they've read up on bowling illustrated and, and they've read watch these YouTube videos and how they keep up with the bowling community and how they've 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 gone into this in every bit of they are delighting in this pastime of bowling, and because they delighted in it, they have they have been changed by their affections for it, and that is the same thing that we should do with the delight of God's word. When we delight in God's word, it is it should be something that we know that that in it as we read it that we want to know more about it that we that we soak it into our lives that we with that we want to see all the cross references and we want to see the whole story put together and that we that it changes us and we begin to light delight in God's word and then not only delight in God's word but we begin to delight in him and that is why we must be challenged to read God's word because think of this cycle we read God's word we delight in God's Word, and as we delight in God's Word, we love God more. And as we love God more, then there's something in us that makes us want to then read God's Word more, and then delight in God's Word more, and then what? Delight in God himself more, and it just keeps growing. And because we do that, we get changed by God's Word. Psalm 119 at the beginning said this, how happy Are those whose way is blameless, his walk according to the Lord's instruction? Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek them with all his heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You see, when we delight in God's word, we want his word to be characterized in our life. We want his decrees to be describing how we live and how we love and how we treat each other. So, how are you delighting in God's word? Are you living according to what you are delighting in? You know, Billy Graham was asked at the end of his life, what would he do differently? And Billy Graham said, I would spend more time in God's word. You see, when you begin to delight in God's word, you want to be more in God's word and allow it to change you. And we understand, as God, the Creator, has created a right way and a wrong way. And when we find that right way in Him, that is the only way that we'll find true happiness. Third, not only do we know happiness is being satisfied, and that our our we can be happy when we are planted in God's word but happiness is now being planted in God that happiness is actually truly being planted in God in verse 3 it says he is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers what a wonderful metaphor Uh, maybe like Uh, Ross and his happy little tree. Think about that picture there. The the happy little tree. This this happy little tree down by the river. This tree uh, can go to the hottest day and the hottest uh, day of the year, the droughts. And yet, what does this picture tell us? That this tree never stops being green. It never stops thriving. It brings its fruit in season. And there's a picture here that our happiness isn't based on our circumstances, but the picture is here it's based on who we are. And this picture of someone who is happy is of a tree planted near a source of life planted to where the nutrients of the water, the nutrients of the river springs up within that tree and allows it to be successful. And here we see that if we want to be happy, we need to be planted in God himself, in a deep relationship with him, to call on his strength, to to call on his joy, to call on all the spiritual power that God has to give us. When we read this, we see that, number one, there's a passive planting, that we are planted by God, that, that this tree was planted on purpose, that, that when we, who are believers, we were once dead in sin, and now we are made alive in Christ, that God plants us in him, that he is the source, that, that as Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches, that we are connected to a source and the only source that brings us happiness. This source that is God, that be, makes us from someone who are, who are sinners and leading to death, but now who are alive, one of his children, we are planted in him. And in that, we are a new creation. And since we are planted in God, now we have access to the source in him to be happy, Jeremiah picks up this imagery, in Jeremiah seventeen eight, when it says he will be like a plant, wa- uh, excuse me, a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out towards a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes, and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. You see, when we understand that it is God himself that that is our source, the psalm in Jeremiah points to the the fact that when we are planted in God, it doesn't matter what heat or drought happens, we can produce fruit of happiness and of joy and of patience, of self-control and all these things because we are planted in God And not affected by the circumstances. Most trees and bushes and plants would have been affected by the drought, by the heat of the sun, but not this one, not this one planted by the river. In the same way, the heat of our circumstances, the drought of our pain and struggling, the force. Of pain and suffering does not affect the believer we can still be happy and produce fruit whether it's relationship struggles or health challenges or job changes that we as believers who are planted in God have the resources within us to still bear much fruit bear happiness and joy you know some Christians don't get this. They they sort of paint a rosy picture to everything. They over, kind of paint over a glossy picture and say, Well, you Christians, you're just you're a Christian. Trust in God. Just get over it. Just put a happy smile. Carry on. But this is pointing to something than putting on a happy smile. It is saying, not your circumstance but it's what you're rooted in it's what you're drawing strength from and it is a Christian that knows that I don't overlook my pain and suffering but I know that it is in that pain and suffering that draws me deeper puts my root further down into God than it was before When that pain and suffering happens, that it helps me to know that God is there, that I can draw from his strength, that I can draw from his His help, that I can draw from him, and that it is going through that, not putting a glossy picture on it, but instead embracing that pain and suffering, but then knowing God is there for me to draw from. 1 Peter 5.10 helps us to see this, that, that God uses this. The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory will himself, look at that, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered for a little while. I read this this week. God does some of his greatest work in our suffering. He helps us to see ways and areas of our life that we are not rooted in him, that we've put our roots in an idol or we've put our roots in something that is, that is here today and gone tomorrow. But it is in that suffering that we know we have a deeper source to draw from. Maybe you're going through pain and suffering. Maybe you're overwhelmed by this COVID-19 thing, thing more. Let me, let me encourage you, brother or sister, Put your roots down in God. It is in him who will be your strength. He will be your endurance. He will establish you and strengthen you and support you as you push down into him. You see, happiness is not based on our circumstance, but it's on God who has given us himself. So happiness is a satisfaction that comes from being planted in God's word. It is a happiness that comes when we are planted in God. But happiness is knowing and being planted for eternity. You see, we can have a happiness. Number four, happiness is being planted for eternity. You see, we know that we can be happy, not according to our circumstances, but because of what God's work has done in us. That we have a glorious future in him. One year, we drove to the beach together as a family, and it took twice as long as what Google Maps told us it was going to. It seemed every interstate, every connection, every way we went was either under construction, there was an accident, or there was a, a detour that was not planned. And it was the longest trip I have ever experienced. And we were worried about the kids and we were worried about ourselves. And I can admit that we didn't handle every step of the way in the fruit of the Spirit. But there was something with us that as we went along this trip, we were able to bear it with some happiness because we knew in 24 hours we were going to be on the beach. <laughs> All the the long drive, all the, the, the short tempers, all, the, uh, all the, the misdirections, all those things were worth it because we knew we would be having our feet in the sand soon. Well, isn't that how we as believers know that we can be happy? We can be happy because we know we're certain of our future. The psalmist uses, again, this comparison in verses 4 through 6 that there is a way to be happy as the wicked sees their end, which doesn't lead to happiness, or those who are righteous who can be happy. In verse 4, the wicked are not like this. Instead, they're like chaff in the wind that blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Verse 6 reveals that you will be happy when you are counted among the righteous because God will watch over you. Well, who is righteous? Well, we see that there is obviously some who are and some who aren't. As a matter of fact, Psalm 14.3 says, All have turned away, all alike have become corrupt, there is no one who does good, not even one. So there is this understanding that everyone begins wicked. Everybody begins on the path to unhappiness, of unresolve, of, of not being under God's watchful care. If you are not righteous, then what happens? Well, it describes back in verse uh, 4, that you are like the wicked are like the chaff in the wind. That's when the, the wheat is harvested and they are separating the wheat from the chaff or the outer casing. They toss it up and the chaff is blown away and the wheat falls to the ground. We hear this chaff or the, the wicked is blown away and accordingly, uh, there is a judgment. Jesus even says later on, Matthew 15, he says, Every plant that my heavenly Father didn't plant will be uprooted. There's great language here of judgment, and those who are wicked are heading to judgment, falling away from God, being separated from God, and we know that these people will live in an end in ruin of eternal punishment. But these verses talk about the opposite of the wicked, that there will be a righteous assembly, that there are some who are wicked or somehow now righteous, And they will be happy for all eternity. This righteous who are sinful somehow are counted among the righteous themselves. Even though if everybody was on this path, how did some, how did we get on this path of righteousness? Well, that is the good news of the entire Bible. And that is the good news of the instruction of the Lord. That God has given his son for those who of us who are wicked are found righteous before God because we've come through Jesus Christ. That Jesus died on the cross and three days later rose again, and those who believe in faith are born again. And we become righteous, the Bible says. Tim Keller observes, why does he do this? Why, how could this even be possible? He says, why did he do that? To stand in your place. To live the life you should have lived and pay the debt you should have paid. When you realize that you will never, ever, ever be right with God simply by an abstract way, taking his principles and trying to cram them in, but you realize Jesus has done all this for you. And you rest and you receive him as your savior. The truth comes in and you become a living organism. So how do we know that we are planted in God? How do we know that we are righteous and acceptable, that God will watch over us and that we will have all eternity? Well, we know this because we are planted in Christ. That, that Christ who has, who has fully delighted in, in the law of the Lord, who has kept every dot and tittle of God's word, the one who is the perfect son, the one who all righteousness is revealed, that son who died on the cross for us, when we receive him as savior, then we receive his perfect righteousness. When we receive him as Lord, we receive the ability to follow in righteousness. When we understand that it was that we were once wicked, that we sat among the wicked, then we can cry out to God for him to save us in Christ. You see, it is when we find that Christ took our wickedness so that we might be counted righteous. This is the joy and good news of the Bible. That we can be happy in our present situation, our turmoil, our pain and suffering. Because we know our salvation is secure. That our life and eternity is resting in him. And those of us who have accepted Christ and been born again, then we know our eternity is in his hand. And we are very, very happy there's nothing that can take us from that nothing not our circumstances or what we're experiencing but we as a believer find it in Christ so this morning we began with Pharrell's song and it asked a question do you know what happiness is to you well the Bible answered blessed Fortunate and happy is the man who delights in God and His Word because he will experience God's care forever. So, where are you seeking happiness today? Are you seeking it in temporal things, things that won't last? Are you seeking it in the path of the wicked? Or are you seeking it in the path of the righteousness in God? Do you need help delighting in God's Word? Or well, maybe you need to connect with a life group that would love to help you walk through Scripture and talk about applying God's Word. We encourage you to check out a life group and to join online. Or maybe you need to reach out to one of the pastors here and ask how you might begin a journey in delighting in God's Word. Or maybe you need to begin by knowing Christ. Maybe today you need to seek him, cry out to him, that you need to trust him as your savior, that you need to put all your wickedness on him and allow him to take it as far as the east is from the west. Maybe you need to cry out to him this morning and ask him to save your life. I encourage you that if that's what you need to do this morning, go to our website, HebrewBaptist.org. Scroll down that page to a link that says, I Need Hope. Click on it, watch the video, and send the response there so that we can follow up with you and pray with you and help you as you begin your new journey in Christ. May we, together, all seek happiness in God and his word. And may we find it rich and fulfilling for all of eternity. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful this morning that you have shown us the way to be happy. May we find ourselves happy in your word and happy in you. Lord, help us as we seek to know your Son. And I pray if there is someone here this morning that is watching from their couch or watching from their bedroom or watching all over the country, we pray that if they do not know you as Savior and Lord, today they will cry out, And I pray for all of us as believers that we would examine our lives to see where we're seeking happiness. And may we return to finding it in your word and in you. We ask this in Jesus' name.